Welcome back to Influenced by Kurosawa, where we're journeying through the universe of films inspired by the legendary Japanese director Akira Kurosawa. Today, we're venturing into the realm of science fiction with the 1980 film Battle Beyond the Stars. Mm. I'm your host, and I'm on a mission to find seven co-hosts who can save this podcast. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot will die, but you know, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> With me, as always, is Guy, who I hear knows about computers, which means he can save us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learn to code, Ron. It's the wave of the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is an interesting film, right? So, it's it was produced by Roger Corman. Now, do you have a familiarity with, with Mr. Corman? I've heard the name a lot. That's about the extent of it. <laughs> So he, like back in the 50s, 60s, realized that he could make really cheap films and make a bunch of money on them, right? You know, putting them mm -hmm. in the system and everything. And so he made a lot of money making really, really cheap films. Yeah, but in the process, he started the careers of a huge number of people. You know, Robert De Niro, <laughs> Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, um, just all these people who their very first film work was done with him before they went on to, you know, legitimate <laughs> uh, movies. <laughs> so he had a huge impact. He, he did a book. It's something like, you know, how I made a hundred movies and never lost a dime or something. It's a, it's a really good book. It's really, <laughs> really interesting. And this film is a little unusual for him. So the deal was, you know, in 1977, and I know this because I was born in 1968, so about the time I was 10 years old, I saw Star Wars, you know, which came out mm -hmm. in 77. And, of course, that had a huge impact on me. I mean, as a 10-year-old, I mean, that's the perfect time to see it, right? And you were... Yeah, I, I would have been seven. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'd sit there in my second grade class just... Uh, that was the first year that we were able to use notebook paper instead of that old... Uh, green, thick, you know, big lined paper. <laughs> I would just draw C-3PO and R2-D2 and Darth Vader, and then the teacher would yell at me because I was wasting paper. Right. So, you know, once Star Wars came out, everybody had to make a Star Wars, right? So that's where Battlestar Galactica came out of that. And this film is, you know, it came like three years later. So this is one of those where like, oh, we got to do Star Wars. But instead of, so we're going to cover Star Wars later in this series, uh, be, being influenced by a Kurosawa film called Hidden Fortress. But instead of using Hidden Fortress for this film, they used uh, Seven Samurai as their mm -hmm. basis. Or may, I don't know if they'd actually seen Seven Samurai. Probably they used Magnificent Seven, you know, because that's what they probably, mm -hmm. probably would have seen. So this is interesting. But the other thing here is, this, I mean, okay, yeah, it is a cheesy, low-budget film, but the effects and everything are actually pretty damn good. Yeah, the the uh, the ship models in particular, I was pretty impressed with. Uh, you know, they're not all equally good, but uh, but there were a few of them that I really thought were pretty slick. Yeah, so that's really weird because Roger Corman movies usually cost about $5. So, <laughs> the fact that they actually had good special effects and ships and everything, and, you know, and they have a whole roster of actors, right? I mean, we got mm -hmm. George Papard, and um, 
uh, did you watch A Team when we were kids? You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't re- watch it, uh, but I knew that he had been. Uh, I think it was Hannibal. No, Hannibal was the uh, was it Dirk Benedict? Yeah, or no, maybe Hannibal was the guy. I don't remember. He was he was the leader. He yeah. had a big he cigar. Did. He always said, "I love it when a plan comes together." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he had a whole long career. Of course, that's that's when I what I knew him from. Uh, and I loved that show. I watched it, you know, a lot. <laughs> Was yeah. that Mr. T came in, in there? Yeah, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in here, but I mean, the huge get, they got Robert Vaughn, right? Who was actually in yeah. Magnificent Seven. So. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, he's, uh, he's one of the most well-dressed characters. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I've heard a lot is that when people are like new, you know, directors or writers where they're like, oh, well, why don't we get someone who's like this person, you know? And people mm-hmm. are always like, you know, we can just hire that person. <laughs> like act- <laughs> actors are actually just available for hire. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a, you know, pretty good cast. And also Richard Thomas. So he was the Waltons. He was Tomboy in the Waltons. Um, it another show I watched a whole lot. Did you say Tomboy? I yeah, think it was John Boy. John Boy. Okay, it? right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I couldn't remember. Right. He was, uh, you were jo- close. <laughs> he was John Boy in The Waltons, which I watched a whole lot when I was a kid. And I think this being in this film, he was, tr- you know, he and he's pretty young in this film still. He was trying to get out of what he'd been stereotyped as, right? So he he's mm-hmm. in this science fiction film doing this, and and uh, he's kind of the the main character in this. Yeah, I never never watched the Waltons, but I would catch the opening credits a lot, and I loved the theme song. It was a, mm-hmm. or theme music. It wasn't really a song, but uh, yeah, that was <laughs> uh, that was good stuff. So at the end of it, they'd always uh, you'd see the outside of the house and lights would be turning off, and they'd say night, you know, good night, uh, yeah, good night, John, John Boy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's become kind of a uh, a trope or something, Leo. Uh, a familiar phrase, anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, so well, the film had a budget of two million, and I'm actually surprised. That, I mean, yes, it was like 1980, so two million was. You yeah, know, you could stretch that a lot but wider. Still, they back did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. And even the score was by James Horner, who later went on to do Titanic and Avatar. So, I mean, you know, it's a, and all, oh, I don't know if you caught this. Do you know who designed the special effects? Uh, I did not know, but I can see it in your notes here. So <laughs> now I do. That's cheating. Yes. So James Cameron designed the special effects. And then it's probably not huh. a coincidence that he probably later hired James Horner to do Titanic and Avatar. So um, Makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he did, you know, he did special effects work. He did like an escape from New York. There are shots toward the end where they were out in a field and you see New York. James a, Cameron did yeah. that one? Uh, well, oh. he did something. So in the end of uh, Escape from New York, they're out in a field somewhere and you see New York in the background. He actually had painted New York as a. You know, this is kind of the old-fashioned like map, map painting. Yeah, he, and so, yeah, he did that kind of work before he be, became a cool. director. Yeah. Well, he certainly made a lot of movies that have 
phenomenal special effects. There's aliens, you know, and uh, I think he made the Terminator, didn't he? Uh, yes, and, uh, he did Terminator, Titanic. Terminator 2. And, and I'm told that, Avatar has good special effects, but I've never seen it and don't have any particular <laughs> desire to. <laughs> Maybe someday we could do the topic of Avatar, because the thing for me about that is that there is a film that is so much better that it is basically recreating called A Man Called Horse. Mm. With the actor that we just saw in the Hartnell movie, This Sporting Life. Mm. Oh, Richard Harris? Yeah, Richard Harris does oh, an I mean, amazing I... job in this thing called The Man Called Horse. One of, I think it's a great film, and it's 100 times better than Avatar, and it's the exact same story. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've heard uh, Disney's Pocahontas is a virtually identical story, too. Yeah. Okay, so lots of context there. You know, and again, I mean, obviously, we're not going to walk through beat by beat. We're sort of comparing it to Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Thomas, uh, he has the dorkiest name. What's his name? It's like Shad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Not a good name. It's not, you know, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's just Shad. Okay, Shad, you know. <laughs> and his planet is a cure, and um, the bad guy, you know, comes to the planet, as, as we know from these other films, and says that their, you know, their harvest is going to happen in, what do they call it, like seven you know, uh, what, what Seven are the solar cycles or some such <laughs> yeah, thing? And he's going to yeah. be back for it. Now the bad guys got as an actor named John Saxon, who I definitely recognize, although I don't know what all has seen him in, but he does a, again, just a really good job. He's a good bad guy. <laughs> he was fun. I liked him. Yeah. He didn't have a, uh, quite the gravitas of some villains I've seen, but I, uh, I enjoyed him. He, uh, he, he, he got into it a little bit. So, you know, he's going to, you know, come back and take all their stuff. So they they have, I don't think he has any particular qualifications, Shad, uh, Richard Thomas. He just decides to do this and he goes out in a ship to find some mercenaries. Yeah, I think they said he was the only one who knew how to fly the ship because its yeah. owner had died a while back. Yeah, but he's just, you know, he's just some young farmer guy, so he doesn't really. <laughs> Although it is, I mean, that's totally, you know, Luke Skywalker, right? I mean, that's totally Luke. Uh, yeah. Though he does, uh, he does end up sort of rising to the occasion. He's uh, he's yeah. kind of fearless, you know, throughout the uh uh, maybe, maybe inexperienced and a bit naive, but he, uh, he's, he's got some brass cojones. <laughs> yeah. And also actually one of the things I liked is his ship has a, an AI with a, a female voice. I thought she did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually thought about that because, you know, this being a 1980 uh, film and and we definitely get some nice cheesecake in there with Sybil Danning's <laughs> character, but um, you know it would have been the easiest thing in the world to make the ship's AI be the sexy, seductive, feminine right. voice, and instead it's more like a, a sort of a, you know brassy, hard-boiled waitress kind yeah. of voice. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a little bit of a tragedy at the end when she starts losing her her memory and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to go out and find people to help protect the planet. And, you know, he, I think he starts with George Papard, who's a space cowboy. <laughs> Actually, the thing I like the most about him that I want to see, he has this uh, belt buckle that he can 
you know, serve drinks from. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love that. The, it's got scotch and soda and ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. And and there's actually, they, they make a pretty decent joke about it after you've seen it used once. And he just puts scotch in his glass the next time in a stressful situation. And the lady standing next to him is like, uh, you forgot the soda and the ice. And he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, and then they get Robert Vaughn. And then you mentioned Sybil Danning. So she's this uh, kind of, um, actually, I think the the actual name for her, she's this warrior woman. Saint Saint X something. Yeah, but I think her actual uh, category is, is some kind of Amazon sort of thing, right? But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're, the, the, her race is called the Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, Valkyrie. Yeah, right, gives you the- <laughs> and the funniest thing is, in her spaceship, we, we see many, many shots of her in her spaceship, and it's what I call the boob angle, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, she's got this way laid back. Yeah, she's chair. rotated back about, <laughs> about 30 degrees or something so that all you can see are her boobs, which are mostly uncovered. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no reason for it whatsoever except for the boobs. <laughs> yeah. She does end up being a fun character in her own right, though. You know, the the uh, TNA aside, she's, uh, uh, you know, this super exciting or, you know, excited. You know, she's really enthusiastic about the chance to just go into combat. She doesn't need to get paid or anything. She just likes to fight because that's the uh, ethos of her people. You know, they, right. they fight, they, they live fast and die young. You know? <laughs> Then we have the lizard guy. You know, it doesn't look too bad. You know, he's a, uh, you know, he's yeah. after he he's after the bad guy because the bad guy destroyed his race. Yeah, and and he starts off pretty unsavory. When we first meet him, we it's clear that he uh, does not have a strong moral compass. But uh, it it turns out that he is an old enemy of the big bad guy. So yeah. uh, he he decides to pitch in. Mm-hmm. Then we have these clones, and I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's like five people who they share a consciousness, and they have special powers and all this that, that come in useful. And they, they're all very white. You know, it's a, uh, they literally have yeah, white makeup on. Like, right. And they've got these they've got these costumes that I'm not sure if the intention was for them to seem seamless, but they're definitely, you know, they've got these hoods on. Uh, and you can definitely tell that they're wearing these <laughs> skin-fitting hoods, and it's not clear whether they meant for those to to be, you know, like for you not to know that they were hoods, and they just couldn't get the makeup right on it. But but they they've got an, an eye in the middle of their forehead, mm-hmm. and they look to me um, they would have fit right in to uh, the first season of Doctor Who, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> well, and they do have a good scene where one of them sacrifices himself by getting captured because the rest of them can see whatever he's seeing, right? So he Right. He, they all share a single consciousness. Yeah, so he allows himself to be tortured and killed so that the others can see the spaceship and and see what's going on and all that. Yeah. And it actually ends up uh being kind of a clever gambit that very nearly uh, exterminates the big bad guy right then and there, but uh, that would have made the movie a little <laughs> too short, so it can't work out that way. 
But yeah, that uh, what was it, Nestor? Yeah, something like that. That's the name of the, you know, yeah, it's sort of like yeah, this big collective that's supposed to be like hundreds of thousands of aliens throughout space that all share one consciousness. But I, I liked it. I mean, they they ended up being very entertaining characters, and and basically their whole reason for joining up, they're not really trying to fight the good fight. They're just. uh, They've seen it all, and they they just are looking for something to do, basically. <laughs> so, fair enough. All right. So, of course, you know, once they've been gathered, they have to go back to the planet and teach people how to defend themselves. And we get the big fight on the planet, and lots of people die. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't I mean, it's, I mean, we're. <laughs> pretty short years. It's, it's the same story but you know and then richard thomas uh shad uh you know manages to destroy the bad guy's ship and and save his planet akir yeah it it it, it follows the mag or magnificent seven uh and you know seven samurai and in many ways uh there are some fun little twists and turns it's not it's not identical but it is the same basic premise right down to pretty much all the samurai except for you know i think is it shad the only one who survives out of all of them he might i'm trying to think saint x-men dies uh robert vaughn dies i think his name's gelt yeah uh Nestor dies the lizard guy dies um they pretty much all die except for shad yeah so i guess that's that is a difference because usually three of them survive right but yeah um, yeah so (laughs) so again it's like our shortest podcast uh so i mean that's just kind of what happens that's the story uh there's still a bit we can talk about with uh you know just the general uh uh entertainment value and we we've already touched on that some of the special effects are good although uh, I'd say Star Wars, for example, uh, that came three years, I think, before this, it played it more seriously than mm. this does. This, there's, there's a lot of good stuff, like the interior of the ship now looks very good. It's kind of, you know, like, like the interior of the Millennium Falcon, not quite that level of quality, but it's, it's well done. I, th- mm. I thought, you know, I, I went into this movie with very low expectations <laughs> and, I was pleasantly surprised at a lot of the stuff in it, but but even so, there is a lot of stuff that's a little on the cheesy and campy side too. It's not, uh, you know, it's it's not an uh, unadulterated success, but uh, there is a lot to like about it. I thought I, I really uh, got a kick out of it. Yeah, well, we get to our our worth watching question. So, oh, yeah. I mean, to my mind, no, it's not a great movie, but it but. As we said, it's actually, I think, pretty worth watching for what it is. I mean, if you're, you know. Yeah. If, if you if you, if you you know that you're going into it with, uh, you know, something that's fun and a little bit campy, you know, not you're not going to get stellar acting. Although, like Robert Vaughn, I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. He, he comes across, he's this jaded guy who's just on the run from everybody because he's taken so many murders for hire that everybody... <laughs> in the galaxy wants him dead for one reason or another. Uh, so he, he, he makes the deal to go to this planet just based on, uh, you know, give me a place to hide and a hot meal. He had a very serious approach. That's the one way that it's different from his character in the magnificent seven too, as we saw in that movie, he was 
kind of a coward, not all the mm-hmm. time. And he ended up, uh, he ended up going out on a high note in that one. But, uh, but in this one, he's just sort of straight competence all the way through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I enjoyed him. I thought he did well on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's, you know, <laughs> reasonably worth watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, if, if, if it sounds like something you might be into, it's worth checking out. Definitely. I, I was, I, I really expected very little of the movie <laughs> and I got a lot more well, than I say, bargained you know, for. Roger Corman, you know, science fiction space movie. It doesn't, it's not very promising. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm not even familiar with, you know, I haven't seen a lot of his actual movies. Uh, maybe none of his movies. I, uh, I saw in your notes that he made the original Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. and you know the Frank Oz version is one of my favorite movies. But uh, the original Shop of Horrors I saw probably on one of the Cleveland uh, horror feature shows like Superhost or Houlihan <laughs> and Big Chuck when I was just a sprout, and I haven't seen it since then. So probably I haven't seen a real Corman movie since I had the critical acuity to make any kind of actual. <laughs> Judgment and, you know, that it. original Shop of Horrors was Jack Nicholson. Uh, that was one of his very yeah, first Yeah, I, so. I do know that. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see that one of these days, actually. I may even have it on DVD, uh, but yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that's out of copyright. It was like that weird period where a lot of movies just sort of slipped under the copyright radar somehow uh, in the 50s or 60s, something like that, but... Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with Corman except that I've heard that he was kind of the B movie director who's mm-hmm. made a lot of movies. Uh, so I really sat down with the attitude of, all right, let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really fun. Yeah. I, uh, I watched it. I might even watch it again one day. I wouldn't watch <laughs> it again a month from now, but you know, somewhere down the road, I might yeah. do that. I, I might actually. Show it to a friend, for that matter. So I guess it, going by that definition of is it something you talk to a friend and say you got to see this? I may not say you got to see this, but <laughs> I'd say oh, you might get a kick out of this. One thing it really reminds me of is another show that was kicked off by Star Wars that was huge to me as a kid was Buck Rogers. Uh, oh yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, this has a lot of similarity to that in terms of the aesthetics and everything. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would I would love to cover maybe some episodes of that someday and go back and hopefully oh, not sure. be too disappointed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, really, I, that show was huge to me, and the little uh, the little robot, the bd bd bd. Oh yeah, Twicky, I think his name was. They had another robot named I think his name was Leonard, maybe or no Crichton. Crichton, that was it. Well, and they had the doctor, whatever, who was kind of the clock looking one that that Tweaky would wear on his chest. Remember that? Oh, yeah, like a big flavor flavor clock (laughs) hanging around his neck here. Yeah. Yeah, it was the original. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is to revisit our childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, somebody's got to tell the stories before they fade away. Yeah. All those moments will be lost in time, like <laughs> tears and rain. So next up is a film I know is a favorite of yours. Uh, 
And that is Three Amigos. <laughs> yes, and I, I probably haven't seen it for a few years now, yeah. so I'm about due for another rewatching because that's one of those that I can watch again and again. So maybe I've already tipped my hand as to my final <laughs> verdict on the worth watching thing, but uh, you know, we'll. Uh, I'll well, try but to it'll keep be some it'll be interesting to watch it in the context of these films, right? Yeah, I, I, I can tell you already there are some similarities uh, with Seven Samurai, and there are there are some fun little wrinkles in it, too, that definitely do not appear in <laughs> Seven Samurai. So, uh, yeah, that should, be, that should be neat. Okay, well, join us next week for Three Amigos. Yeah, I was at the Silent Film Festival, so that was fun. And, you know. Oh, good. So you you uh, enjoyed the enjoyed the time out there, then? Yeah, yeah, and I I like the film festival. You know, each of the films is accompanied by a a band, and and it's really um, you know, it's it's experiences you can't recreate or even if you watch the same film in your living room it wouldn't be the same because the live music is um really interesting and uh uh we saw some some good stuff um one was a historically accurate one i should watch a documentary on this called the johnstown flood um it's actually one of the worst floods in american history and they they i've heard of it yeah they recreated it in the silent film and they actually and they had a lot of special effects, uh, speaking of you know, the movie we watched today. And um, they did a really good job. You know, they, they were compositing. They they had kind of miniatures of floods and water and everything. And then um, they would composite that over people, you know, getting crushed by the water or whatever. And it was, it was actually yeah. uh, uh, pretty well done. Um, hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I like... Stuff like that, so well, neat. And uh, <laughs> there was a funny one. There was one. There was a Buster Keaton one called Three Ages, which was actually kind of making fun of the historical epics, you know, that that people would like D. W. Griffiths and stuff would do at the time. Oh yeah. And uh, there was, uh, and I, I actually, I pro- oh, I'm going to check it. I probably have it, or I'll, if I don't, I'm going to order it anyway. Um, there's one sequence where he's standing on top of a dinosaur that's walking along and it goes into stop motion um, uh, with the dinosaur and him standing on it. And so uh, uh, that one is available and I'm going to get it if I can because I'm trying to, trying to collect uh. all the stop motion uh, stuff. <laughs> Other ones, it's unfortunate. It's a really, uh, like there's a really good short, which was 
puppets, you know, with marionettes. And it was a kind of disturbing one where this guy, like, you know, cut someone up. And anyway, so, but, but it was really well done. And I can't, like, I couldn't find it to order or anything. So that's always annoying. <laughs> hmm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It might be on YouTube or one of those Maybe. streaming channels. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find it there. It was, um, um, so, anyway, okay. Nate, now, did, did you say you had seen Three Amigos before? Uh, yeah, I've seen it once or twice, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you hadn't, that you might enjoy the silent movie stuff they have in that. There's not a <laughs> well, ton of it, but it's... That's the next film on our list. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I had scrolled down to the bottom, uh, and I okay. saw it mentioned yeah. there, so I, I was wondering. <laughs> Very good. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Good night Jim Bob. Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs>